Hello, and thank you for connecting with us here at Oasis Online. If this ministry is an encouragement to you, I would love to hear from you. Would you send me an email at pastor at obclv.org? I hope you enjoy the service today and that God would speak directly to your heart. This week, we're going to continue in on the series, City on a Hill, and really kind of where we left off, we're going to uh, keep on moving forward, that, that we have been justified, that we have been given a new life, we have been brought to life, we've been quickened to life, that we should live in that manner. We should live in His power. We should be a light in the darkness. We should naturally be what this, this is called, the city on a hill. So much though, of our Christian lives is dealt with and, and, and lived kind of in defeat, I guess you could say, oftentimes. Maybe you have had experiences similar to mine where you have had people talk to you and you've had conversations with other believers. I know for me, I've had the uh, the fortune of being able to do different counseling with, be it young people or adults, uh, in my last 10 to 12 years of ministry. When, and oftentimes I hear things like, I wish I could get more of God. People are, man, I just, I don't understand. I've, I've tried everything. I'm praying. I'm reading God's word. I, I have tried church and I, I went to this church and I went to that church and I've, I've even read books on how to get over this and I've done this and I've done that and I've done all these things and, and nothing seems to really be working. I just can't get more of God. This morning we're going to hit on some of that. But without being rude, without being nasty, without being any of those things this morning, let me just say this as a response to that. Maybe you even sit here this morning and you're like, man, that's where I've been. I've just been trying to get more. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? The key to spiritual victory and true happiness in Christ is not in trying to get all we can from God, but in giving all that we are and have to him. It's not about going from this help book to that help book, that this church is better than that church, that this conference is better than that conference. It's not about that. It's that I have to give more of me, all of me. The hard reality is that we don't need to get more from God, but we need to give more to God. God gave himself that we might give ourselves. In Hebrews chapter 13, it speaks of it being a sacrifice of worship. It is a sacrifice of worship. It is a continual process. We'll look at that this morning here in just a few moments. But it is a constant, it is a continual giving and giving and giving. Our supreme calling is to worship God. We do that in prayer, we do that in thanksgiving, we do that through reading of God's word, we do that through attending and serving in churches, we are serving in church, we do that through sacrificing in many different ways, we do that through just trying to do right. Our greatest act of worship is in giving of ourselves wholly and continually to the Lord. Let me, let me share this with you if you may be in that spot and you're like, really, Pastor, you just started two minutes ago and you done ticked me off already. 
because I'm trying and I'm trying and I'm trying and you just told me just to give more of myself. God's word tells us in Colossians chapter number two, ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. Second Peter chapter one and verse three says, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, we have all that we need from God. We have to empty ourselves to be filled more with him as far as getting rid of us. God has made you complete when you bowed your knee or when you said a prayer or wherever it was that you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Holy Spirit came to live in you and you gave of yourself. And God, here I am. I, have a, I, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I need a Savior. I need you. Come and fill me and, and do that. Give, give me all of you. We got all of him. We need to give all of us back. Because we've been made complete in Him. And so as we look at these things, as we look at this this morning, they, those couple passages that we just read, we have all. We have all. I highlighted this in my notes this morning. Our greatest joy and sacrifice can only come from surrendering back to the Lord what He already has given to us. Surrendering back to the Lord what He has given to us. See, here's what my problem is. I don't look at it as God has given me something. I look at it as what I have earned because of my pride and my selfishness. See, my stuff is my stuff. I've worked hard for that paycheck. Therefore, the things that I have are mine. Look, I, I don't want to... Well, God has blessed us. We have to give back to Him. Matthew 22 and 37 says this, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This morning, this really, this passage here, I believe in your notes, it's kind of the key verse of the day, but... In this passage right there, though I'm not going verse by or word by word through that passage in Matthew 22, it really is the heart of this series. It is the heart of this message that we would love Him completely and wholly. That we would give of ourselves to, to seek Him. That He would do the work through us. See, City on a Hill isn't about anything more than you and I actively and intentionally living our lives to be the light of Him. That's really all that that is. So this morning, if you have a copy of God's Word, we will be in Romans chapter number 12, and we will be looking at the first two verses this morning. And so if you have God's, a copy of God's Word, we'll read those verses, and then we will get into the points this morning. Romans 12 and verse number one says this, I beseech you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your reasonable service and be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove 
what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Father, this morning I pray, Lord, as we are challenged in your word, I pray that that we would look at this passage, that we would look deep into our own hearts, and God, that we would seek to give you all of who we are. Lord, it is our nature, because we were born in sin, to be prideful, to want to keep it to ourselves. But God, I pray that as we look at this passage, you, you spoke through Paul to write that, God, we would give and that we would be a living sacrifice. God, I pray this morning we'd be challenged in your word. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. That passage in Matthew chapter 22 is really very similar in nature of these two verses here in Romans that it says we should love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. And in Romans 12 and 1 and 2, it speaks of those same basic principles, a couple different words. But as we look at these passages this morning, I want to just challenge each of us, myself included, that we would really take a deep inventory, really, of who we are, where we are, what we are doing, and, and how is it that I am living in this manner as I give to the Lord in my daily life. First point this morning is this, sacrifice your body. Sacrifice your body. If we were to look again in this passage, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. See, before you and I trusted Christ, we used our bodies for sinful pleasures and for purposes, but now that we belong to Him, we want to use our body for His glory. I think that it sounds really good and really easy, Hey, this is, this is a passage, I don't know how many times you've heard this, or how many times you've quoted it, or you've read it, or whatever. This is one of those passages I go to, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by mercies of God. And I, I've memorized this, this is one of those, kind of one of my favorite passages in Scripture. That I would present my body. You know, it sounds great. But the reality is, it's not the easiest thing in the world to say, God, here is all of me. I am walking and talking. I am living my life with you at the forefront and the, the, you are everything. You are 100%. I'm giving everything. Because as we talked last week, we, are, we were born in sin. If you remember, I, I made a quote last week and I probably should have put it back down here this week. But we aren't sinners because we sinned. We, are, we sin because we were born in it. So I lie because I was born into sin. I'm not a liar because I lie. Does, I may have just completely botched that. If you were here last week, I made a statement like that. We were born in it. So it's, it's our nature to do it. So when we look at this, it is my nature to be full of pride. It is my nature to not want to give of myself. It is our nature. Why is it that with, as children, when we're, when we're raising up our children, one of the very first things that we try to help them with is sharing. If you have a single child, or maybe it was your firstborn, really any of them, but it's sharing is more difficult because it's their nature. This is mine. Mine. Me. Mine. All of our kids. That's one of those first words that they learn. Me. Mine. It's our nature. 
I did not teach my kids that. It was born, and that's how they were. And you know, it's that same exact thing that keeps us from Christ. It's that same exact thought process that keeps us from Christ. Because I can do it on my own. I can earn this. I can do this. I don't need help from some made-up imaginary person in the sky. I am okay. Pride keeps me from bowing my knee and bowing my heart to Christ. We, we love the passage, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we can, we can scream that and shout that and we love that. We get excited about that. But the reality is we can do that ourselves by humbling ourselves before God. But the problem is we have pride. The problem is for me to sacrifice myself, to sacrifice my body, is my pride. And so as we look at this, Paul is writing here, and he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren. He's saying, I urge you. He's saying this in love. Paul could have said, I command you. I make you. See, but when we come to know Christ as Savior, out of love, it should be our desire that we lay down our lives for Him. See, it should be my desire. When Paul says, I urge you, he is speaking out of compassion. He is speaking out of a heart of love. He is speaking out of just a desire that these people would grasp a hold of, that they would understand and that they would love him enough to to lay down their life. True dedication is presenting of is the presenting of body, mind, and will to God day by day. It is daily yielding the body to Him, having the mind renewed by the Word, and surrendering the will through prayer and obedience. Every Christian is either a conformer, living for and like the world, or a transformer, daily becoming more like Christ. Paul is just urging these believers, again, we know that we're speaking to believers because he says the word brethren, but he's urging these, these believers in Christ that they would, listen, by the mercies of God, that you would do this. You say, well, what are those mercies of God? I don't know about you. I don't know how often you ever just sit down and write and say, man, God, thank you for, and you just begin to lay things out. When was the last time you even just sat down and said, God, thank you for my salvation. Thank you, God, for, for forgiveness or whatever that, those, those things are. But, but Paul, is he's urging, he's pleading with them, by the mercies of God, what are those? By God's love, by God's the power of salvation, by his grace, by his kindness, by his forgiveness, by him giving us the freedom of sin, by him, uh, his reconciliation, his justification, by his giving us of eternal life, by his giving us his make, being made in his image and his likeness, by the fact that we will have a resurrected body. That we have the opportunity to serve Him. That He's gonna, He calls me son. He calls me a priest. He calls me any of these things. When we look at all these, these are the mercies of God. And He says, I urge you, I beseech you by these mercies, by the goodness of who God is and how great God is. People, please, please lay down your life as a living sacrifice by the mercies of God that we would do that. Listen, it is our duty. 
It is our job. It is, it is our, it should be our desire that we would recognize the sinfulness of who we are and that we would say, oh God, here, here, take me. Joel read it out of Isaiah 6. The wretchedness, the sin, when we recognize His holiness, when we would, we would bow the angels and they would just bow and sing holy, holy, holy for all of eternity. Why? Because we are so unworthy of God. We are so unworthy. Yet He says we are called to, to lay our lives down, to sacrifice our body, to give to Him. Man, let's look at those. Think about the mercies of God in your life. That we sit here today. That we sit here today. That you have the opportunity to carry God's word. That you have the ability to say, God, thank you that you took this wickedness and you saved me. Hey, I can start from this side of the room and I can go all the way to this side of the room. And if we were to begin to just go through the testimony of people and person after person after person after person after person all the way across this room, we would hear that of of wickedness, that of sinfulness. And we would say, oh, God, thank you. I guarantee you tears would begin to fill up this room if we began to just cry out what God has done and what God has saved you from. Some of you, it is out of the pits of literal, the pits of hell, from the addictions and from all of these things. Others of you, for the by the grace of God in, in the situation similar to mine, where you were able to be raised up in Christ from the time you were a little child. But either way, regardless, we could stand and say it's by the mercies of God. And Paul is just saying, by the mercies of God, would you please... Lay down your life, a living sacrifice to Him. This morning you may sit here, and maybe you would say, I don't know what that looks like. I recognize that there's sin. I recognize some of these things, but I don't understand what the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ is. Let me urge you this morning. Let me beg you this morning. Let today be the day of salvation where you say, God, I don't know. God, I don't understand. Pastor, would you show me in your word? Maybe there's somebody beside you that you came with that could show you in the word of God and make that today where you can look at it and you can look back and you can go, wow, look at the mercy of God that I'm even standing here today day because if it wasn't for his mercy I probably should have been dead back there in that car accident or maybe I probably shouldn't be here because of this situation here or maybe it was by the mercy of God that you sit in a room this morning and you hear the gospel message for maybe the first time maybe it's the thousandth time I don't know but why don't today be that day that you give your life to Christ what about this that Our bodies, our bodies are, have the opportunity to become the instruments of sin and unrighteousness. As we continue to move forward, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto him, unto God, which is your reasonable service. As we look at this. Our bodies are something in such that if 
that we have to lay it down every single day. We have to give back to Him by the mercies of God that we would lay those things down, lay our body down for Him. In the Greek culture, in the pagan culture, especially in this time that Paul was writing this in Rome, in this, in, in this, to this church there, the ideology was that the body was inherently evil. And since the body was evil, it was deemed worthless and would die anyway. Therefore, they figured it might as well, I might as well go, I might as well have fun, I might as well do whatever it is. Because what is done to the body, is the body's already wicked, it's already evil. And so when we look at this, we recognize through this that in laying down and what Paul is saying to the people at that time... This is almost a foreign statement because their body was already, I looked at my body, this is gone. I can do what I want. The only thing that matters is internal. So this culture was living in such immorality and it was so prevalent within their culture because it really didn't matter. Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 6, Paul says the body is not for immorality but for the Lord and the Lord is for the body. There is no sanctification or growth in Christ apart from the body. We cannot prevent the remnant of sin from persisting in our mortal bodies, but we are able with the Lord's power to keep that from ruling our bodies. As believers, we have a new spirit. Sin cannot reign in our souls and should not reign in our bodies. Romans 8, for if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. As I wrap up this point this morning, I want to just make one, or give one thought. You and I in our present culture, we don't fully understand sacrifice. Now I'm not talking those of you that sit here and uh, many of you, I know there's, there's families that are in the military now. There's, there's folks that are from our church that are overseas today. I'm not speaking of sacrifice in that regard. I can look around and I can see veterans who have sacrificed. I get that. We're not going there. But we don't understand sacrifice in the terms of going back where I'm grabbing my lamb and I'm going to the altar and I'm going to sacrifice for the sins that I have committed and for my family and for all of those things. We don't get that because we've never had to do that. God paid that. He gave the ultimate sacrifice when he gave his son to die on the cross. He paid for our sins. We do not long, no longer have to do that. So this culture understood this and that what a living sacrifice is. If I were to go over here and I were to grab my lamb or grab my sheep, whatever it was, and I'm going to, to take it to the altar, that lamb was already committed as dead. Though it was living, it was already committed as dead. We are called to be a living sacrifice that we would be committed as dead once and for all. For you and I, we would maybe recognize that a little bit more if you sit here and you are married. You made a commitment at the altar to your spouse where you said, with hands holding each other, and you look each other in the eye, and you would say, I do. You made a commitment to your spouse once 
and for all. I do. And that commitment is not just a one-time commitment. That commitment is a continual living sacrifice, so to speak, that is every day, often many times a day, where you are saying, no, I am committed, I am committed, I am committed, I am continually committing myself to this woman for the rest of my life. I've made a commitment once and for all, but that doesn't mean that it was just one time and I can go do whatever I want and I'll just come back whenever I want and then I can go back. No, I've made a commitment and we constantly work at making a relationship function. Do you follow? I am a living sacrifice. I have committed. I am as committed as dead as one of those lambs were back in the Old Testament when they would commit those and they would sacrifice them. And it is a constant, continual commitment that I am to be a living sacrifice to God. Second point this morning is a sacrifice your mind. That we would sacrifice our mind. The world wants to control your mind, but God wants to transform your mind. I just want you to think on that. Because if you don't already understand and recognize that, I want you to think on that. The world wants to control your mind. God wants to transform your mind. That could be a huge history lesson if we wanted to go down that road. God's not here to control our mind. He wants to transform your mind. So as we look at this, it is in our mind that our new nature and our old nature really collide. It says, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We must sacrifice our minds. To conform is, is really this. If you've ever done a study or a word study, conforming is basically an acting term. So if you've ever been in some form of theater, maybe as a child you were given a part and you were, somebody took a piece of paper and they gave you a script and they said, here you go, you are going to be Johnny in this play. You will read the script, you will memorize the script, you will look at it and it'll tell you here, it's, you're going to say something and then on, in italics or in a parenthesis it's going to say, you're going to have a smile or it's going to be funny or it's going to be you're angry or whatever it is. It'll tell you how to conform to that situation. You are going to be a masquerade for that time. This is something that is not permanent but is transitory. God's word says, do not conform to the world and be not conformed to this world. Listen, as a believer, our duty, our job, what we are trying to do is not to masquerade ourselves as those in the world. It is that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind. You know, it's really easy to just go with the flow and be like everybody else around us. That's easy. But if we, as believers, 
are recognizing that first part, that we would sacrifice our body, that we are laying down our lives for the, for the sake of Jesus Christ, and I'm giving everything to Him because of His mercies, because of His greatness, because of His uh, all that He has done for me and given to me. If I recognize that, I don't want to be like that anymore. I don't want to conform to that. I want God to fill me and to transform me from the inside out. In Matthew 17 it says, and was transfigured, this is speaking of Jesus, before them and his face did shine as the sun his raiment was white as the light listen you might go well i can't do that no you may never be able to glow but i will guarantee you and i will promise you you allow god and the holy spirit to come inside of you and to grip a hold of your heart and to begin to change you from the inside out you will glow in your circles of influence around you because people will look at you and when you walk into a room and when you begin to have conversation when you can't help but speak of how great and awesome god is all through your life people will say wow there's something different about that person Listen, some of you in this room, and you may, maybe it's not somebody in this room, maybe you've heard the testimony, but I've heard many, many testimonies of people that said, I once was this, and literally, when I got saved, God changed my everything. Just a couple weeks ago, I went to a pastor's conference, and the pastor that was leading that conference, his name is Pastor Johnny Hunt, he's out of Atlanta, Georgia, his testimony is this, he was a drunk alcoholic from the time he was 14 years old and when he came to know Christ he never took another drink the rest of his life that is a transformation from the inside out in his life when you speak to him and when you you can see Christ all over him that's a transformation that's not a confirmation that's a transformation that God took a hold of him and changed him from within does he physically glow no, but you can't doubt, but know that God is all about and all over that man's life. The world wants to change your mind so it exerts pressure from without. The Holy Spirit changes your mind by releasing power from within. We have to do our, our part to give of ourselves sacrificially so that the inward man is so genuine, is so real, that it pours out. Listen, if there's one thing that I can stand up here and say before you as our people, I believe with all of my heart, God has given us a pretty genuine church. I wish, I don't wish, I, I, there's times I, I wish I wasn't as open and real as I am. Because there's many times where I've been open and honest and it's came back to bite me. But there is something to just being real. Listen, I, I say this all the time. If you are here looking for a pastor to be the best pastor in all of the world who is just going to be perfect and who is going to tell you all the right things because I'm the greatest theologian, because I am the greatest this, and I am the greatest leader, and I am the greatest, and I am the greatest, you've come to the wrong place. You're looking at a man who is doing his best to lead, who studies God's word and does his best to be genuine and to be real. I'm not saying these things as proud and boastful. I'm just being 
honest. I have insecurities just like every person in this room. And if you want me to be real, I'll be real. One of them is leadership. Just being honest. I look at some of you guys out here and some of the things that you have done professionally, militarily, in whatever your capacity of of life has been, and I'm like, oh, man, that's... I I get in some... I don't want to say intimidated, but I get intimidated because I don't have that experience. I've never led. I, I worked, if you guys know Keith Elder, I worked with Keith. Keith Elder had more people under him than we have in our church. And I would be like, oh man, that's embarrassing. I don't have that. Some of you have that. I don't. But you know, at the same time, I believe with all of my heart, God's placed me where he's placed me. He's given you, this church, a genuine heart to just love people. If there's one thing I've heard over and over and over from people that have visited, from pastors that has come to speak, is your church is real and they are genuine. You're looking at a group of people that have everyday jobs that come in and attempt to lead worship on a Sunday morning. You're looking at everyday people that try to lead your children and work with your children. We're just real, genuine people. Listen, do you want... For God to just shine through you, just be real. Be everyday people attempting to just fall in love with Christ. But it takes you and I to say, God, I want to sacrifice this body of mine. Here it is. I have nothing. I have nothing. God, my mind is is everywhere. God, my mind is a little bit of every little place, and it's here and it's there. But, but God, I'm asking you to, to transform my mind. God, show and shine through me in everyday life. You want to reach your neighbors? Be real with your neighbors. You want to reach your coworkers? Be real with your coworkers. You want to do those things? Be real. Be genuine. Love Christ genuinely from everything that you have from the inside. It will show. You may not be the best. Listen, I desire to have an amazing worship team, but I love love the fact that we have a truck driver that stands up here every week and just tries his best to lead you. I love the fact that we have Rustin on the drums who is going to go to work over wherever he goes in the middle of I don't know where to go do what he's doing, to run cables and to do what he's doing. And I love that he comes here with this big beard and scary and looking at all of you playing the drums. But you know what I love about Rustin? Rustin's real. You know what I love about Joel? Joel is real. Their heart is able to shine through because they're not trying to be fake people up here being super Christian. They're just real people. You know what I love about you? You're just real people. This may sound really bad, but sometimes it's nice to just have a conversation and one of you men slip up and say a cuss word. You said there's people in here that do that? Yeah. But here's why. Here's why. You're real. And nine out of ten times you go, oh, sorry, Pastor. But we're just real people. Listen, I want to have a church to the best of our ability that just loves God and loves people to go out. But we have to 
be willing to lay our lives down to sacrifice our body. We have to be willing to lay our, lay our minds down, so to speak, to, to sacrifice our mind that we could say, God, here I am, transform me from the inside out. And there's going to be times where we do slip up and say, ah, I'm sorry. But let God shine through you. Let God shine through you. Lastly, this morning is that we would sacrifice our will. And be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It is only when we, when we yield the will to God that His power can take over and give us the willpower or the power that we need to be victorious Christians. I believe in all of my heart this last point is something that the enemy uses to keep you and I from doing anything for Christ. You say, well, that's really strange. I don't know how many times I've sat in an office with people. I'm just trying to find the will of God. And when I find the perfect will of God, then I will begin to serve. And if God would just shine a light down and it would beam upon me and say, Aaron, this is where I'm supposed to go, then I would just be willing to go. But until I find God's will, I just, I just want to be in the middle of God's will. Listen to me. I say this all the time. I speak to people almost every day that share with me how much they hate Las Vegas. Let me inform you. If you are in this church and you hate Las Vegas and you're just trying to find God's will, let me help you. Get serving the Lord. Get active for Christ, and I promise you, as you sacrifice your body, as you sacrifice your mind, God will show you the perfect will for you. You say, but I've got to find this so that I can. No, you've got to do it so that God will use you. God doesn't use the person that sits back here and says, well, when God shows me the light, I will surely play the drums. No, it doesn't work that way. Maybe I am wrong. I, I, in the midst, and I've shared this story a million times, in the midst of hating every single thing almost about my life, working with Rich Frank, selling stupid steel buildings that I could not sell to save my life and making no money, I hated going to work. And it probably showed every day. It was finally I said, God, thank you. And I got off my backside and I began to serve in a Sunday school class that God began to work in my life when I was doing a job that I hated. And I said, God, I don't know why you have me here. Thank you. Begin to show me what in the world it is. But you know, my life didn't begin to change. My heart didn't begin to change. My mind didn't begin to change until I said, God, here I am. I'm just going to start doing something. Maybe I'm just wrong and backwards, but I believe with everything in me. You want to see the will of God in your life? Get up and get going. And God will show you the perfect will for you. Hey, you may serve here for six months and God may say, you know what, your task is over here. But you didn't realize that until you got up and started serving. I had said it. I will never work with students again. I don't believe that God will allow me to work with students. I believe that my next thing is here. God put me right back into students where that was my actual heart. 
God opened those doors. And God has moved me and God has done things in my life I promise that I did not expect and that I never desired in all my life. One of them is standing here, but here's where I stand. Today, I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt that God has worked in my life that I know that I am where I'm supposed to be. That's not because I just have this most perfect relationship with Jesus and he just beams a light in front of me and I'm able to go, oh, that's what it is and here I am. No, I believe with all of my heart that an imperfect guy just tried to say, God, here I am, help me. I'm willing to do this. We did an activity with a bunch of 30-something-year-olds early on And the teacher said, Aaron, why don't you be in charge of the activities? And so I was in charge of the activities. All I've ever done as an adult was do teenagers. It was the most atrocious event ever. (laughs) Nobody did anything. No 30-something-year adult wants to have a teenage game where they're eating something dumb or doing something. They don't want that. I don't. But it was that first step that allowed me to see slowly what God would do for me. Listen, this morning, this isn't a a service of rocket science. This isn't any of those things. But let me plead with you. Let me plead with you, church. If we want to be a city on a hill, if you as an individual want to be a light, then we need to start at the infant stage of, of saying, God, here I am. I am coming as a living sacrifice. I am coming committed to die. That you would have my body. That you would use me. And God, I'm sacrificing my mind because I know I'm at war. I know that Satan wants to to destroy my mind. He wants to use my mind that I would physically do things that I should never do. And God, I don't don't understand what the perfect will that you have for me is. But I'm going to begin to go. And as I begin to go, I'm going to see it. And God, you're going to show me. And whatever it is for you, God is going to shine a light through you. God will shine a light through this church to reach the people in our community. I don't know exactly what every perfect will for all of you is this morning. I don't. But I can guarantee you this. That if God is who God says he is, then God has got a plan for you. God has a plan for this church. And right now you're in it. So he has a plan in this church for you. So we need to go and do what God has called us to go and do. That may be serving in nursery. That may be singing on a praise team. That may be playing an instrument. You may be sitting here and you've been playing instruments and singing and doing whatever for a long time and you sit. Listen, there may not be lots of room, but there's lots of room. Come on up. We need people. Listen, my desire, I don't know what God is doing inside of me, but He is, with every, he is convicting me so much to go and to love on people and to intentionally love people people in this community and I want you to come with I'm asking you hey you want to be somebody that's a city and a hill you want to you want to have a church that I hope you're proud of your church but you want to have a church one day and you're going to look back and you're going to go wow them were some funny days back at the school remember sitting in that chair hey if you've been around Oasis anytime remember sitting in an old stupid tent Some of you are like, what? Yep, a tent in the backyard. We got kicked out of a building because of construction. 
hey, I remember a Wednesday night where we prayed out on a basketball court because on Wednesday morning we got told we couldn't have service in there anymore. Some of us sit here, we remember those days. Others of you don't. But there's, life, there's stories in your life that are just like that where you can look back and you go, wow, I remember when I was this and God just showed up. I remember this and God just showed up. God has a plan and a purpose. Are we willing to get into it? Are we willing to get into it? I'm inviting you to come along. I have no idea what the next phase has. But I do know this. If we don't begin to love this community and share the gospel of Jesus Christ within this community, outside of these walls, this is what our church will look like from now until whenever the door's shut and God comes back. We have to get to work. Not me, we. We have to get out into these neighborhoods. We have to live the gospel and share the gospel every day of our lives. You say, but I just don't know. Listen, none of us know. Well, I don't know how to share the gospel. I've never done that. Well, there's got to be a first time. Do you have a testimony? Has your life been changed by Jesus Christ? There you go. Do you have a neighbor that hurts? We've got to live it. We've got to be willing to be that living sacrifice. To sacrifice our body, to sacrifice our mind, to sacrifice our will so that it would be God's will, not my will. Thank you for worshiping with us here at Oasis Online. If this message was an encouragement to you, would you send me an email and let me know at pastor at obclv.org. Before you go, go check us out at oasisbaptistchurch.org. And if we can be of any help to you or an encouragement to you, please let us know. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.